You're listening to the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. I'm Cheryl Ross, the Next Steps and Discipleship Pastor here at Southridge Church, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Scott Beha. In this week's episode of The Extra Point, we will talk about how we can put aside personal preference and get out of the way of what God is doing. So Pastor Scott, Sunday you shared about our core value, we before me, and you said that it's bigger than me. So give us a quick breakdown of what you meant by that exactly. Yeah, I think if that's just a posture in life as followers of Jesus— that I think if we could really embrace that and live it out in every aspect of our life, our lives are, are probably going to go better. Just inherent within us is a selfishness that makes relationships difficult. And, and mm-hmm. the, the hard thing is, and we're going to talk about um, our other core value, that we are better together this week. And that's true. We're made for connection. We need other people in our lives. And then what makes it difficult, though, is though we have to do life with other people, inherent within all of us is a selfishness that we're born with. That's why you don't have to teach a a two-year-old to say mine whenever they clutch a toy to their chest Mm -hmm. and freak out because somebody tries to, like, it's just inherent within all of us to be selfish. And then yet we're, we're, we're put into a situation where we have to do life with other people. So it's somewhat humbling and, and it requires humility to live it out, to think of the fact that there are things in life that are actually bigger than me and my wants and my desires and my opinions. Like, mm-hmm. I've got a sermon series that I'm probably going to do next year um, at some point. I don't know. If, if the Lord moves, maybe maybe it ends up this year. But <laughs> it's called Death to the High Horse mm. um, because I think we struggle so much in the Western world. This is where all the division in our world has come from. The fact that because we think something, we automatically think that it's right. <laughs> and we think that anyone that disagrees with it is inherently wrong and evil, which is why it's impossible for people that have differing opinions on things to, to get along. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. And if we could just for a moment like think the world, and especially for Christians, the kingdom of God mm-hmm. – is bigger than me it's bigger than my preferences it's bigger than my likes and dislikes and my wants and desires it's bigger than my ego um i I think that sets us up well in the church but also i was saying on sunday like i was just thinking about how this might change your marriage Mm -hmm. like if you looked at your marriage and go you know what this whole thing's bigger than me like i'm setting an example to everyone around me i'm setting an example to my kids in the way that i Mm -hmm. serve my wife or serve my husband in the way that I put them first, like like let them win sometimes, mm-hmm. which is I don't know that's really hard for me. <laughs> I'm teaching Landon how to play chess right now, and even that is hard for me to like oh, let yeah. him take my pieces, even though he yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, I have to like think like how do I help him the most? Like mm-hmm. learn actually how to play the game. And all that. And sometimes that's just like we need to defer to other people because it really is bigger than us. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Maybe we just take ourselves too seriously, think too highly of ourselves. And if we could just not do that, we might be able to get along better at work, at home, in our Mm -hmm. families. And 
like we talked about Sunday in the church. Yeah. I think we've all been a part of those, whether it's a, a meeting or a situation with your spouse or whatever, where it's hard to really get anything going, get any traction behind anything and actually get anything done because people just won't budge on what their opinion is or what they're thinking. And it just becomes like this barrier to actually moving forward because we all just think we're right and want to continue to share those things. And that's no fun. So um, you taught from Acts 10 and 11 about a man named Cornelius and Peter in this story. Care to give us some of the main highlights of the story so that way we can be a little bit refreshed about what we're talking about throughout the rest of this. Yes, yeah, so um, Cornelius was a Gentile, which means he was not Jewish. Um, he had a vision from God, um, or an angel, actually an angel shows up and, and tells him to go get this man named Simon Peter. He's staying with this guy. Tell him, come, he's got a message for you. And at the same time, God is giving Peter um, a vision of this like white, sheet coming down from heaven it has all these different animals in it and it says uh the the voice says peter get up kill and eat which is like the jewish dietary laws would have for uh, like would have for, forbid peter to eat certain mm-hmm. things and peter being a good um jewish man d- devout jewish man being raised in that culture there were certain things that he would have never touched. They would have been a conscience thing for him, but also he would have felt like he was breaking the law um, that, that the Jews were given from God. And so this vision was God trying to get his attention, like, man, everything's going to be different. Everything's going to be new. There, there's changes coming, and this is, this is really going to push Peter out of his comfort zone um, because he's not used to this. When, he's, when we have something tied up in our conscience— um, the way that the Jews would have had these dietary laws tied up into their conscience. Even when God says things are changing, we're going to do something new, it can still feel wrong. So I imagine that's the tension that Peter was wrestling with there. But mm-hmm. anyway, those guys go and get Peter right after Peter has this vision like, wow, maybe the gospel's supposed to go to the Gentiles because at this point they were only sharing the gospel with the Jews because... They were still kind of stuck to these old laws that forbid them from going into the houses of Gentiles and associating mm-hmm. with Gentiles and, and all this. So God gives Peter this vision, like things are going to change. So he goes with these men to Cornelius' house, and he mm-hmm. kind of like right out, of the, right out of the gate, Peter's so funny. He's like, listen, I want you to know we don't normally do this. Mm-hmm. It was like he was like covering his tracks, like, mm-hmm. listen, Cor- Cornelius – this is not normal. I don't go into people's houses like you. Like, if God didn't tell me to do this, I would not be here right now. And I think that's interesting. Like, I said it on Sunday kind of in the moment, and I was like, oh, that's something that really stuck with me that wasn't in my notes, but that it's okay to be uncomfortable and obedient at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes we feel like obedience always is going to make us comfortable. It's going to be like the, the, the things that feel right to us, but... In this instance, this had to feel totally wrong Mm -hmm. to Peter, and yet he was 100% obedient to what God was asking him to do. And so um, Peter's like, I'm uncomfortable, but listen, here's the story. Um, Like, tell me why you want me to be here. Cornelius is like, listen, here's this angel. He told me to bring you here. You got a message for us. And so Peter then shares the gospel with him. It's beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful portrayal of sharing the gospel 
here's who Jesus of Nazareth was. Here's what he did. And right at the end, he says, man, like, through faith in him, like, your sins can be forgiven. And Cornelius, the text said he was a God-fearing man. So there, there were non-Jews that actually believed that the Jewish God was mm-hmm. the one true God, but they didn't fully understand how to um, worship that God, didn't fully right. understand all the ins and outs, didn't understand who Jesus was. So, like, Cornelius was a God-fearing man. He would do moral things, but yet he had just kind of missed um, missed out on this Jesus thing up until this point. And so that's why God sends Peter to give him the message and ultimately, Cornelius and all the people in the house respond to the gospel. Mm-hmm. They speak in tongues, um, which in the book of Acts, that's just very regular um, behavior for those that got right. saved as a way of, of showing that the Holy Spirit had truly come into these people's right. lives. It's not the only way that we find out people are saved. Right. I, I, I'm not big on that theology that says if you don't speak in tongues, you didn't get saved. That's not that's right. I don't find that to be biblical. At all, given the other passages, but mm-hmm. in the in Acts, we do see that as the evidence of salvation mm-hmm. quite often, and so it was evident that the same thing that had happened to other Jews that mm-hmm. now believed in Jesus happened to these Gentiles, and so it was for Peter. He's like, "There's no way I can deny that this happened." Right. And so these folks get saved, they're getting ready to get baptized, and then word gets back to the Jerusalem church. Mm-hmm. Like word gets back to the home base to all the other guys of what Peter's done, and they are, like, mortified. Yeah. They cannot believe that this has taken place. Peter, you went into the house of a Gentile. You preached the gospel to them. You Like, how dare you? You know that you can't do that. And then Peter has to explain to him the whole story of how God orchestrated mm-hmm. his dream and how God sent an angel to Cornelius and the message, and they responded, then they spoke in tongues, and then finally, the, the, finally they're, they're on board. They're like, okay, I mean... Yeah, I guess who are we to stand in the way of what God's yeah. doing? So you know, so they finally accept it, and the church is changed forever. Oh yeah, um, it was an incredible story. Now, sometimes I get a little anxious whenever I talk about how God changed things in the Book of Acts for the church, because there's mm-hmm. a tendency for people to go, "Well, like, is He still doing that? Like, are, are things changing?" today yeah the way that they did like well how do we know that what god said was immoral you know not even immoral because the whole dietary law thing wasn't an immoral thing right but like you you see how like people start going well well god's given me a new insight here in 2022 that this is now okay i don't believe that is what's happening god's word is not currently changing it's set it's steadfast do not try to mistake moral issues with these dietary laws that Jesus is changing mm-hmm. and their affiliation with Gentiles was different. It was like, Hey, mm-hmm. there was a purpose in this. Now there's no longer that purpose. Um, but those were ceremonial. Those were dietary. They were not what is considered right and wrong in God's eyes. Right. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Um, you know, they're like, Hey, who was I to stand in God's way of this? And you, you said that, you know, if, it, if God is blessing it, who am I? to stand in the way. Who are we to stand in the way? And I think that so often we just need to realize when we need to stop and get out of the way and even out of our own way sometimes. Um, I know that I can't be the only one who has trouble realizing sometimes that when I just need to kind of keep my opinion to myself, be quiet and allow God to do his thing the way he sees fit. So um, how are some ways that we can really recognize that it is God 
and that we do need to get out of the way that we need to to just stop like how do we recognize that and realize it in those moments where we're like really feel strongly about something like you talked about Mm -hmm. but yet this is happening how do we know how do we really see that yes so for christians the big deal is going to be first and foremost when we're trying to discern whether or not we need to stand in the way and oppose something or whether we need to get out of the way, our first lens that we look through is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different for Peter. like It's different than Peter because they're just at a different dispensation or a different time in God's grand story. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we have uh, God's Word to us as a lens by which we are able to make judgments. So that has to be the first thing that mm-hmm. we go like be, because you could listen to a sermon like what I did on Sunday and and go oh my goodness some of these new um beliefs that have creeped up into some of these denominations that have not historically been held in the church you could go oh well I guess we just need to get out of the way because it looks like God's blessing that it's like well wait a second let's make sure what the word of God allows first and foremost yeah. Um, before we start saying that. So first and foremost, the lens is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. The second is the fruit. And we talked about fruit on the first week of um, For the Future series. Right. The fruit. Like, so when these people heard the gospel, they got saved, and the evidence of the Spirit coming was that they spoke in tongues. So I'm not saying that people have to be speaking in tongues and things like that, but like, are people being saved? Are people being baptized? Are lives being changed? Mm-hmm. If so, then, okay, that's the next lens. We're looking... At the Word of God, we're looking at fruit. That's how mm-hmm. we tell whether or not we should oppose something right. or whether we should get out of the way and go, okay, I think God's in it. Yeah. Um, and, and the like again, these are not moral issues that God's changing. It's right. functionality of the church sometimes has to change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the way that we um, just, you know, I wish somebody back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s when the worship wars were going on would have just gone back and gone like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. This is not a biblical <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. this is not, like, something that's going, the Bible says you have to sing this way or that mm-hmm. you have to sing that way. Like, yeah. this morning, I went to the gym with one of my, he's getting to be a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He is a pastor at a drastically different church than us. Um, they, they, they use a specific Bible and only a specific Bible. and sing, Like, they sing a different type of music than us. Um they wear different clothes than us, but me and this guy, we have a mutual respect and love for each other mm-hmm. because none of that stuff matters. Yeah. Like, none of that stuff matters whatsoever. But there would be those that would probably tell both of us, like, how do you how do you have a relationship with one another <laughs> um, when you should yeah. oppose each other because you're so different on these issues? Like, no, 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 no. We have to keep the main thing the main thing, and all right. these secondary issues are fun to talk about, yeah. but at the end of the day, um, we, we can't allow that to hold us back like right. from unity within the body. Cause that's what Jesus yeah. prayed for in John 17 was that the body of Christ would be unified. Um, and so you have to have lenses. Mm-hmm. You have to have the word of God. Cause I want to make sure that what I'm affirming or not affirming that there's a precedent set mm-hmm. forward in scripture. Yeah. I, that has to start there. But, but a lot of the stuff the church fights about, or fusses about or causes division about are not these primary issues. Right. Like if someone comes up to me, hey, I believe the Lord told me Jesus wasn't mm-hmm. born of a virgin. I have to I have right. to stand in the way of that. I cannot affirm that. I can't go, well, we before me, 
Bless you, right. brother. Like, no, 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 yeah. no. That changes my whole doctrine of salvation and, and mm-hmm. all of that. No, no, no. We can't do that. But if someone comes up and goes, I don't like the fact that you wore a toboggan on Sunday, I go, well, that's, that's that, it's perfectly fine. I didn't get to get to this in the sermon either. And I, I know mm-hmm. I'm talking a lot. Okay. But I didn't get to get in this. When it comes to method, it's still okay to have preferences. Right. Because you could have heard Sunday possibly go, well, I guess I'm not allowed to have preferences. No, no, no. You can have preferences around mm-hmm. method. I, I have preference around method. I mm-hmm. just can't hold on to them so tightly that it, that it disrupts the unity yeah. um, of the church. So, like, right. um, believe it or not, I told I told you all Sunday, there are certain things around Southridge that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Right? But But it's okay because... It's not all about me. It is actually bigger than me. Yeah. Um, there are certain t- there are certain songs that we sing that drive me insane. <laughs> they, they just are. And I, uh, Pastor Jared's sitting right next to me as we record this. They just drive me insane. <laughs> yeah. But I don't care. Right. Because people connect to God through mm-hmm. them because it's bigger right. than me. Um, so, like, they're, they're, it's just we have to know what's primary. We have to know what's secondary. And then when it comes to these things in the church that cause division, Right. Um, if it's not outright lined up, you know, like outlined in scripture where it's real black and white, I think right. we need to have a lot of grace with each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's big to remember that, like, we're, we're not competing. Like, for you and your friend, like, y'all love Jesus. That mm-hmm. is the main thing. And oh, you yeah. said a lot. Like, the message is sacred. Like, yep. you guys still, you both preach the gospel. You may do it differently in a different setting with yep. different music, but it's, the, it's that that's what's important. And I think we have to remember like with our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, like we're part of the family, like yep. no matter what, all of that, like, I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, obviously I, I believe when we get to, you know, when we die and we pass on from our, our earthly selves and enter the presence of God. We're not going to be thinking about all this stuff. Not like all, all of this doesn't matter at all. But like to know that none, none of that, literally none of that will matter in yeah. those moments. I but think like, the other thing too, like when it comes to like this guy that I'm getting to be really, really good friends with, I love this guy so much. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute blast. We need both of our churches as yeah. well. Yeah. Because there are people that will go to a church like that mm-hmm. that will not come here. Right. They just won't. So, Absolutely. And, but there are people that would come here that will just not go there. And yeah. so we need both of them. Yeah. And pr- there, there would be times in my life where I would have probably looked at churches that are drastically different mm-hmm. than the church that I prefer and thought that they were wrong. It's not that they're wrong. It's right. just that they're different. Yeah. And the body of Christ needs mm-hmm. both of them. Absolutely. Because we're like, we're all made uniquely. And so what my you know, reach me may not reach somebody else, but what reaches someone else won't reach me. And so we, we all are better together, which we'll talk more about next week. Um, but I want to get into some of the like practical ways that we can, um, really put this into practice, this aspect of, it's not about our preference or putting people over preference. How, what are, and I know you hit a few little things on Sunday, but what are some real practical ways, either within the church or within our marriages, our work, that we can really start to put this into practice in our lives to see things happen from it? Yeah, um, so I did mention like a really practical one because we're we're wrestling with this as, as a church right now. This is no longer private information. This is something we're wrestling with as a church. It has to do with our church facility. 
What do we do with it? What do we do with it? Because we have a, a debt on our facility um, that I believe needs taken care of. And so there's like two options before us. We either mm-hmm. pay it off here or we try to sell the building and try to go do something else where we're debt free. Yeah. Um, the way that we live out we before me in that context is either one of those options. Whatever door God opens up as a body, we say, okay, Yeah. I may not like it. Mm-hmm. I have a preference. But wherever God's moving, that's where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it may, you know, so so it could be that. It could be um, a secondary theological issue. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not like the, the view that I have about certain things, but if it's not changing the, the doctrine of salvation or the nature of God or mm-hmm. the nature of Jesus, then let's call it what it is. It's second. Like, you may not like how I feel about speaking in tongues. But mm-hmm. that's a secondary issue to, to me. Right. So we can get along. You may not like my view on the new heavens and the new earth mm-hmm. and whether or not heaven is a place that you're going to spend all eternity in or whether yeah. it's more like a cosmic Airbnb until the new heavens. You may not like that, but it doesn't change, really. Right. It's a secondary issue. We should. You may not like my end times views, which have radically changed <laughs> in the last eight months yeah but it's a secondary issue so those are those are two concrete ways in the church Mm -hmm. um but i mentioned in marriage this -hmm. could be as honestly something as simple as you get to choose the movie tonight yeah you get to okay uh, this is something i'm gonna have to work on megan loves the tv show (laughs) gilmore girls (laughs) i (laughs) hate that show with everything within me i hate that show I can see that. But I'm reflecting right now going, we never watch it together. Mm-hmm. And it's very selfish of me. It's very selfish of me that I don't. Because she will watch yeah. whatever I'm watching with okay. me, whether she likes it or not. Yeah, she may be on her phone, checked out mm-hmm. or whatever. But she's going to let it happen. Like, if I'm in the room, I'm like, turn Gilmore Girls <laughs> off. I don't even want to see Lorelai's face. Like, <sighs> so, so I'm like... I shouldn't be like that. And I'm, I'm that way with, like, okay, another practical example. With your kids. Mm-hmm. My kids are watching a show called The Thundermans right now. It's about this superhero family. Yeah. Drives me insane. <laughs> like, to the point where when I'm in the room, I'm, like, begging them, can we watch something else? Yeah. So just letting other people... Mm-hmm. Letting other people win every once in a while. I need to let Landon win some games every once in a while. Like, when we play PlayStation together, I beat him, like, every time. And it makes him so mad. (laughs) But I should just let him win every once in a while. Yeah. Like, I should put that Mm -hmm. as more important than me. And so those are just some practical ways. But you could see it at work, putting others Mm -hmm. in front of yourself, not always trying to step over everyone on your Mm -hmm. corporate ladder, trying to get, you know, trying to just serve other people, Mm -hmm. things like that. Not seeing yourself as more important than, say, the homeless person that you passed down in downtown Charleston, right. not writing an ugly Facebook post about the homelessness yeah. issue in Charleston. Rather, instead of doing that, maybe you could go and do something about it. Right. Um, try to go out and help. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are great things. I think also um, within the church, I think, and we talked about unity a little bit, um, is, is just remembering that, you know, you can go and attend a friend's church, but that doesn't mean that you have to like it and stay there. I think our younger generation does this really well where they'll go and visit their another church or go to a camp or something like that. Cause they're going because their friends are there and they want to support their friends in that, but they're going to be here the next week. And so remembering that, you know, you can go to a different type of 
church function or a different thing. And it doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything or like it that much, but you can be supportive of those others that are going. Like I have friends that I know, um, you know, need to be in church and I know that maybe this isn't the place for them. So maybe I'm going to suggest some places that are a little bit different because I want them to be where they can connect. And so remembering that, like I went to Catholic mass with my dad for a little while just to get him back into church or back into that habit. Um, and once he visited the church I was attending at the time, he was like, wow, this is so much different, you know, and he started going there a little bit. But I think it's it's remembering that, you know, you can be supportive of others in what their preferences are without actually changing what yours are as well. Like, so remembering those things. Um, so I think that's it for today, but we really hope that you'll turn, tune in with us next week for another episode of the extra point as we'll talk about our core value. We are better together and share some more next steps for your faith journey. Thanks for tuning in to the extra point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.